0: Welcome back to another episode of a podcast written by a software engineer I'm your host, Perry, and i got a really special guest today. i got Tom Wicks with me. How are you, Tom?
1: I'm very well. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thanks for being on the show, because you are actually the first designer I'm going to have on the show. Wow. And I do... I mean, I, I work in web dev, and um, I don't personally do all the designs, but a lot of stuff depends on the designs, and you can really see these two meshing up together and just tying, you know... The whole elements of making it work but also make it look pretty so i can't wait to dive into it. so yeah thanks again for being on the show it's a pleasure but yeah tom for the people who don't know you actually what do you do nowadays
1: so i'm a designer for um, an app called run an empire which is a game which is designed to get people active so we're trying to use the technology and um, i guess the kind of ui and ux that is really effective in games of kind of uh, to change people's behavior or to um, you know, make people have fun, but to use that to get people outdoors and like on their bike or in a run or just go for a little walk.
0: Well, that's that's a really cool thing because I've personally seen the app before and then it's something that you could have on your phone. Yeah, And uh, not only do you see the phenomena of people just getting more active every single day. So like when Pokemon Go happened, everybody just like on their phone out there. And this kind of really like in the same mindset of just getting people out there and also having something that they can record the progress and all that. So I'm, I'm going to be super excited to get into that. But I mean... Have you always been a designer? Where did, this, uh, where did this inspiration come from? Did you have influence back when you were younger? Or how did this all start? Yeah, so my uh, my dad
1: was a, a filmmaker. And so he, he had lots of um, like designers and uh, artists and photographers coming through the house. And they were like the really cool people that I wanted to be like. And I guess because um, my like mom and dad really respected them, I thought, oh, I want to get in on that. That was great. Um, so that kind of meant that I had like the, the kind of... I wanted to do it but also like I had all the tools there so I kind of was able to play with Photoshop you know at that kind of age where you may um, ju- uh, just kind of like you can sort of lock yourself in your bedroom and just kind of crack on with something and that was the thing I was cracking on with. Um, I really like I, I sort of ended up doing little um, graphics and things for my dad's films and um, I got into it that way
0: that's so cool because like when you mentioned that you definitely needed a bit of technicality but you also need a bit of creativity to do that and i think for a lot of uh i guess i could speak for some of the engineers out there is that we lack the creativity we like we do a lot of technical stuff but in terms of like just being able to lose your mind as we're saying like just having your own time and really working with you know blank canvas building stuff i do personally find like the difficulty to do that um i really like the point when you're mentioning that uh, your dad used to work with a lot of different designers and um When we talk about the term designing, there's different facets of it. There's graphic designs, there's all kind of like space designs and all that. So do you know what kind of different examples of design or what kind of designs you do then? Sure. So
1: the the work I do is mostly UI, UX. um, But then I guess there's also a little bit of game design in there. And um, I think like one of the things, maybe we'll talk about it later, but that uni kind of taught us was that... um, Rather than kind of just being like in this world where we can just kind of like Google, um, like how to do anything, it's kind of not that um, interesting in a way to just focus. Or maybe it is, but like, it's not um, to kind of focus on a single discipline is is difficult. And so I I suppose the thing I really like is just doing doing lots of different bits. So like sometimes doing a little bit of coding here or doing like a little bit of graphics. And I think um, bringing it, like bringing it all together. I guess it's just kind of whatever's useful in the moment, for the like the given brief or the the given
0: problem. That makes sense because I mean, like you. A lot of times when we learn software engineering, like you'll have you go to uni and then you'll have specific course loads like database and then you'll have back end, front end and all that kind of stuff. But you don't really know the exact problem until it happens. Yeah. And that's when you reiterate it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you have a system where you have one design and you have to keep on improving it every single time because realistically you're never going to put out something that's going to work the first time.
1: No.
0: And uh and also you got to f- get feedback from the people using or looking at designs at the end. So I mean I really do like the bit where you're saying like you had the influence from your dad working um, making videos but also getting the influence of designs but you also had like kind of like a uh, pathway education wise in design as well so did that go back all the way from like GCSE high school kind of thing did you do something uh during that period of time yeah I remember I had a really like brilliant graphics teacher who was able
1: to she kind of like noticed that I could like do it and I think it was always a thing at
0: school that I could do really well and like um is that, sorry, sorry. No, no, sorry. I was just wondering, is that a specifically graphics class or was that just an art cl- class in general? It was specifically graphics then. But then, when it, as we went to um,
1: college, it, it was like an art A level we did. So that was, that was nice as well because there's lots of people there, like, you know, people who do amazing paintings or yeah. whatever. And we were all
0: kind of going, um, like, we were all responding to the same briefs.
1: Oh, okay. So That's really
0: cool. Because when you're saying that there are people doing painting, so they'd be using different tools. They'd be using canvases. They'd be yeah, using paint and that. Yeah. And we did a bit of that as well. Like we, so we kind of used to do some screen printing and things like that, which is really like fun to play with. Have you ever done anything like that? No. So like whenever we did anything um, in art classes, well, actually we didn't do loads of um, you know drawing. We had our own set of tools to draw. Sometimes sculptures, so they really expose you to all kind of different right, yeah. form of arts. But um, I never had a, a chance to do any designs like. I guess electronically, where there was never really a class that uh, really emphasized like the technology that you use and building three D designs through it or not. So, I guess how much of um, during that period was uh, I guess on the on the computer? How much of it was that you were designing stuff through uh, you know some kind of software? Uh, yeah, so we,
1: it was like back then it was like Photoshop and InDesign with the things we were we were using software-wise. Um, but they we also learned like how to do isometrical drawing and things like that, like. Real kind of basics, you know, like how to draw a cube and stuff like that, which is yeah. fun. But um, but yeah, it was like it was mostly like a lot of Photoshop, bit of Illustrator as well. And yeah, it was kind of um, back then. It was like when Adobe had, you know, it was all Adobe, right? Yeah. And which has maybe moved on a bit now, but the whole the whole suite wasn't there was Yeah, but it, yeah, exactly. So it's like yeah, you look you go here to do your. Um, in-, in design to do your layout, you go here to do your photos, or what, you know. So. But,
0: but they are also like industry, sorry, industry standard. Like they're they're all softwares that people use nowadays in all kind of companies and all kind of productions. So in terms of replicating, even if you're just studying it, it's quite realistic to you know the yeah, tools definitely. are gonna. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was a
1: nice thing. Is like if you can get your head around the tools, then they kind of get out of the way, and you can just kind of concentrate on the like the specific brief or like just express your creativity. Um, you know, without thinking, well, how do I actually do that? You know?
0: Yeah, I can. I could imagine. So, uh, just a random question: Which one came first? Did you learn Photoshop on your own first, or did you learn Photoshop during that class? I learned Photoshop
1: on my own first.
0: Okay, but that was yeah, just because we had it on like the, the computers at home. And then like, oh, uh, you could, you never know, man. When you when you have some software lying around near you, yeah. and then you just end up opening it and playing with it. And you yeah. just discover a whole world. That's always like a fascinating thing. So. Yeah, I
1: remember we three we, we we used to um, like design our own football boots. <laughs> like that, that is it. sick yeah. that is absolutely sick. I, they so. were terrible they were really ugly but um but it was really good fun
0: no to be honest though like that's not even that uh, crazy thing about because like whenever i look at any sports teams or whatever when they're wearing their kit their jerseys i've always been a fan of like oh what if i could do something different and then, <laughs> and then like just the extension of like designing your boots at the end i'd be so interested to see those designs I that. <laughs> <laughs> <We> do <laughs> that'd be yeah. that'd be probably belong in a museum in a couple of years, so that'd be, <laughs> that'd be amazing, I'm sure so. That. Um, so where did you um, go after doing your GCSEs then, did you go to uni, or what, what happened after So yeah, that? so we, we, after, kind of, during GCSEs I
1: met um, the co-founder of a company called Milne, so a company that we started, um, James, who was a developer, so I was doing a, I had to make a website for a band, and in the, um, in the mock-ups for the website, uh, I'd put in a Twitter feed, which was really stupid because I didn't know how to make a Twitter feed. And um, so I ended up, I think I ended up, I got about a hundred pounds for the website, but the, um, I ended up paying James like 70 pounds to make the Twitter feed work. So, um, so yeah, so he, he came on board and we, we um, set up this company called Mill, which um, really like to start with just making websites for our, like for the friends of our mums or like, um, but then we like, grew it and you know before we knew it we were kind of in offices in oxford street um, that's
0: really really sick just because like even just me nowadays i do have a couple of people asking me like can you build this Can you yeah exactly and, and your journey of making that into an actual project and making that into a company and then uh, just outsourcing well not outsourcing you're doing the work but then like having all these people coming to you so yeah was it was it was it a match made in heaven kind of thing that you were always looking for a, a I guess a developer to do it cuz like design and developer really works tight together so was the priority more to get a uh, sorry a developer, or was was there ever a thought of getting like you know somebody who has more of a business or like finance background? In it? it definitely was later on, but I think at that point it was like I can't do this bit. This is way
1: <laughs> this is way, better. and I think um, James was also like, well, I, I'm not interested in doing this design stuff. So I think it was like, um, yeah, we just kind of found each other, and at that time it was before like all the website builders were really any good. So. You know, if you were a like, small business, it was you know really useful to have a couple of kids make your website for much cheaper than um, someone else, would, you know,
0: like a big company would. Yeah, I mean, shout out to all the, you know, WordPress, Squarespace, all the yeah. stuff out there that are currently competing against each other. But you were definitely at the forefront of, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I don't know about that, but I
1: think, yeah, definitely. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And also, it was before, like, um, you had to make everything responsive, right? So like it was before smartphones, so you just kind of like had a, like a, a 960 grid or whatever. So it's more like doing graphics.
0: That's actually such a good point because nowadays, like a lot of websites, if you don't support mobile... Version of mobile with you're absolutely screwed yeah you can't on get it. that right you can't yeah yeah those uh those days are gone I think and well I mean until it. until the next device comes out and then it's like another like format that you have to support um, yeah that's another thing that we can actually dive in later it's like I remember somebody telling me that the color use on a print and the color use on the actual computer is the two different like system yeah you on, d- so. yeah you don't want to you don't want to get that wrong <laughs> yeah I know we're gonna definitely gonna dive into that a bit but um one of the things that was actually quite interesting that you mentioned is that so you were um doing these projects that people were requesting kind of thing like can i do this kind of do that in terms of like scalability as i guess work kind of like increases did you have a system of like making sure that you're able to like keep up with it or was it just do as you go because i imagine you were quite young back then as well yeah we were and we definitely like fell into the trap of set like
1: being too busy and like i guess being a bit greedy and going yeah we can do that we can do this we can do that i think like we ended up using like some outsourced like outsourcing some developers um, and got some other designers on board, which worked like which worked fairly well. But I guess um, I-, I think when it got to the point where it felt like I was spending more time managing that and the- and the people doing that, I- it wasn't um, you know I wasn't doing the designing that I was really enjoying. So it was kind of um, I-, I don't know I- that 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 became less interesting to me, and I thought I'd- I want to get just go and focus on. Um, you know, le- you know, then have to design better.
0: That's such a that's such an interesting thing to to look at actually, because a lot of people, when you got to that point, you don't really realize you got to that point. As in, you started with a passion where you just I want to put out designs, and you're working with somebody who is able to you know reproduce that kind of design on the web, and then. Getting a Twitter feed going, which requires the API, which is always like yeah. fun. They did it. Whoa! <Yeah. laughs> how does it update automatically? Yeah. God knows. What's PHP? I'll have to learn that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, how long into I guess co-founding the project did you realize that you got yourself into that like position of doing more of the you know operations and actually doing the designs yourself? Was it like maybe just a couple of months into it, or was it like couple? Of
1: well, so we had we had a year where we um like went and kind of went full time on like on it after shortly after college and yeah it was during that year really where it, it became apparent that uh, that yeah that was just t- taking too much of my time i think the um
0: it, yeah it was like yeah it, yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but actually did you actually got the chance to um work with other designers during that time yeah definitely so we we
1: shared an office actually with a company called i creative it was still going really good graphics firm, um, and they. Uh, yeah, they yeah they, they it was nice working with them on projects and, and collaborating. I think um, yeah they, they had quite a, they did a lot more print than we did. So, okay. we, yeah, so we were kind of more web and app, app based.
0: So there would be I guess if they have any merch going on, and then if anybody had any exposition, they'll be doing you know, yeah, or like brochures and things like that oh, that's really cool, so um, and in terms of anybody more I guess junior than you, did you ever get the chance to like just look over people during that time because obviously yeah. by that point you've definitely had much more hands-on experience yeah, definitely, and that that was strange because I guess you were like managing people who were a bit older than you
1: and like and a bit, you know had been to university and stuff, so that was a, that was a weird time, but I, you know I really enjoyed that, and I think that um you know, it's really it, it's it's fulfilling in a different way when you can sort of give someone a little bit of advice about something and then it comes out, and it, you know, it looks great. Um, and it like rather than you just doing it yourself, I, I think that's, um, you know, it's a slightly it's like different thing, but it's, it's brilliant. Yeah,
0: for sure, because I mean, like, even from my point of view, I, I'm definitely like if I ever were to start it tomorrow, for example, I wouldn't see the the craft the same way as you do today. And um, I guess, like from from our point of view, kind of thing. Like, do you do you have like are there any general mistakes that you saw quite often when somebody like just kind of got into it? Or I think the big mistake is
1: like the dribbleification of design. So have you heard that term? I've like, never heard of it. So so this, you know you the website dribble, right? It. Yeah. And so it's like lots of kind of really pretty fancy UI um, designs which have like no, like which are baffling to most users, right? And I think. Um, a lot of the a lot of the traps that people all fell into, and myself included, I I fell into them as well. It's just kind of like thinking, oh, that's really nice. I'm gonna do that really interesting fun button, um, but and then you get that in front of a user, and they're like, what do I do? with This I've got to swipe my face. Great, yeah. I like, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think that's yeah, definitely that's something, and. It,
0: um, you know, make a button look like a button. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It also depends on how much time you want to spend on it. Because I feel like, I mean, as me just watching all over these startups kind of thing, like you can't always spend seven hours designing one button and you can't always like spend, you know, 10 minutes just making a random button that's not going to be effective. So finding the balance between um, knowing what's going to be effective but also not having a full time sink into it that's always definitely and I, but i think that's like i think the the key thing is to like get it out validate it right as quickly as possible and
1: I, I think that's as a designer that's what you're trying to do most of the time um do you use any tools to validate or is it more just a human feeling or human feedback when yeah you so get we, it? we use um oh, i forgot the name of it but it, it's a uh, it's a, a tool basically where you can use kind of talk into the like they use the use the app and yeah. they like record as they
0: like use the phone and things like that. But we also just like get people around the table in focus groups. That's that's really effective, you know. Okay, I've never I've never heard of that kind of system where somebody was able to talk while looking at it's it. It's fantastic.
1: So. I, to, I must remember the name of it, but it's um there's there's a few of them that do it. But the but yeah, it's it's really useful because you like you know if it, whatever whatever your. Um, looking at the, the in the moment if you know what i mean like, yeah exactly and like it's and also if, if you kind of like got loads of stakeholders around the table like you can see oh look, look people are finding that bit difficult because for us it's really the like really important bit in the game is like the first
0: well it's all really important but one of the most important bits is the first like the first time user experience yeah so even just onboarding a new user and yeah then, oh yeah we could definitely get into that uh sure. when, when we got to when we get to that point because uh i mean the whole story so far has been absolutely sick where you have like this whole background of having the positive influence um but you did mention that you want to spend i guess dedicate more time into actually doing the craft of designing and everything so what was the step after that what was the step after uh
1: doing milne sure so then i we went to goldsmiths which is a fantastic design university in um just not far from here in new cross And they teach a it's called a post disciplinary approach to design, which is this idea that it's not about teaching someone how to be really, really good at graphics because they can you can just like learn that on your own. Right. But it's about um, like how to how to respond to a brief, how to like uh, come up with ideas or generate ideas. So what they do is they give you really wide open briefs and then you'd often like in a team you'd. much you know much like uh, like workers now right um you'd you'd respond to it so there'd be there who people there who are fantastic furniture makers or you know really brilliant photographers and we you know we'd all come
0: together to respond and and to, to do a project that's uh, that's really cool because the way i would look at it is that there's the micro of it and there's the meta of it so when you were doing a gcse and when you were looking at tool, learning the tools like photoshop design illustrator that's kind of like the the micro of like knowing how to cut stuff how to do all that pasting it and then all the blending all the stuff together but this when you're mentioning this program this uh, design course is mostly focused on the meta of exactly yeah how how you put all this together how you go from idea all the way to actually putting a product out there that people either people could base off of or you could actually use it to print out merch so that is a really important step i guess from how what you do nowadays because you definitely need the micro and the meta, well, the macro, I guess, of how how stuff works. Um, how long was the program itself? I guess for anybody who actually so, wanted to go into it, just I'm just putting this out there because what you did was that you did a GCSE and then you actually took the year to work on the project or a bit more than that, and then you went to uni slightly a little bit, I guess, delayed, not straight after GCSE. So what kind of context was it? How long was the was the program itself? So it's a three year, um, three year, uh, yeah, three year degree. Um,
1: and so we like. So in there, but then you have got lots of holidays and stuff. So I'd go back to like working for the company Milne and um, yeah, like over, over the over the summers, which was kind of like bringing bringing a bit of cash for the for the term time. But um, but yeah, so like, yeah, it was about a three year course. Yeah,
0: I mean your summer job was def- definitely better than mine. I guess <laughs> like I was working at a day camp. I mean, I mean to be fair, the day <laughs> camp was really really fun anyway. So like uh, it was just a completely different thing. So um, so you did go to uni in London. Were you based in London before, or did you?
1: So, yeah, my, my um, we used to, I had a grandma who lived in Crouch End in North London. And so we had a, like, a, we used to always come down for summers and things like that when we were uh, kids. So it sort of felt like it didn't feel, I think it felt like I'd always been in London. I re, like, I really loved it. I still love it. And I think, um, yeah, it was just, it felt like a fantastic place to do design. And it seemed like the kind of jobs were there, the more interesting jobs. And and the course was, was there as well. Fantastic.
0: That's what I was going to say, because I mean, like, London is definitely a hub for, I mean, nowadays, a lot of tech stuff is happening, but also when you're talking about, like, architecture, and when you talk about all the other arts and crafts that exist out there, London is definitely one of the places where you're going to get the influence. And I'm sure you've met loads of different um, other students at Goldsmith that did, uh, I guess, arts programs. So where did this fall into, this design course? Was it under, like, the, I guess, the College of Arts, or was it more the College of, like, I guess, Architecture, or College of Designs, or what kind of system so that yeah there's a design department
1: which does which offers a ba and a an ma i think i don't know sure, I think you do a phd there if you want to but the but yeah but which is separate to the art department um and the art the art department is quite a it's like a, it's really well known i mean the design department's really well known as well but the yeah it's sort of quite like quite famous and quite uh it's quite poncy <laughs>
0: yeah well i can imagine when people say london and union london it's like just another level of you know <laughs> eloquence over there so um what i'm actually interested in is the i guess how did you how do you apply for it how does somebody that is kind of like at the steps as you were back then where they i guess just finished their GCSE and they really have this interest interest in uh designs what what do you need to prepare i guess what what did you have to show when you uh applied to goldsmith
1: well so the the process is i don't know what it's like in canada but the process is um for us is you apply to like five universities so it might be like you've got the kind of one that you really want and then a few that you know perhaps don't want as much um and because it's a design course you show them your like portfolio so you sort of send in like in a digital format i think and then if they if that goes well then they get you um back to kind of come in per person and uh that was a that was a really <laughs> brutal process in in some places where uh, i remember I went to another course in Chelsea and I had my um like a sort of physical portfolio was there and I had my um why I went to, like, I'd left the my letter why I wanted to go to Goldsmiths in there in my portfolio for this interview at Chelsea.
0: Yeah, and you, <laughs> did you have to submit that? Then? No, they, they <laughs> were
1: like, they, they, sort. Of, I left them alone with the portfolio and they were like, came back and they're like, you know, you left this in there. I was like, oh my God. And it was like one of those moments. But, um, but yeah, so, so, um,
0: I mean, they should have known that you've definitely looked at more than one college. I yeah. Mean, like, of realistically, yeah. it's, I mean, who's going who's gonna to lie? I mean, even back then, it's all about, like, you know, professional. Oh, yeah, but, of course. I mean, just the environment I've seen and worked in nowadays, I'm like, guys, let's be real. Good on you for looking at more than one. Good on whoever's out there trying to be in that position. Looking yeah, at that, it was so. just sloppy from me. But, yeah. yeah,
1: but I think, um, but, yeah, so then you go to an interview and you have a, I, and it, it was one of those moments, you know, sometimes when in life where you kind of meet someone and you think, yes, this feels exactly right. Like, yeah. And I, I get, like, I've had it on, uh, you know, when I met my girlfriends and, like, and just like, yes, this is the person or the place where I want to spend the next few years. And um, I think, yeah, and that was one of those conversations that I had there with the course leader, Matt Ward, was just like, oh, yes, he thinks about
0: design in the same way I do. And um, it, it just felt like that was that was where I wanted to go. Oh, that's so good. So you had the application through your portfolio and then you got the face-to-face kind of thing where you go on site. And that's really where when you get a feeling of what you're going to get into for the next couple of years, obviously, because it's a commitment you're going to do. Exactly, And yeah. it sounded like they absolutely made a great impact on uh, on what your expectation was and what their expectation is, because obviously they have access to um, your, your work that you've done before. But can, can we talk about that portfolio a little bit in terms of... Yeah. What what did you need to put into it, and where did you get those? I guess at what point did you actually have the material that you? Well, I had a lot of
1: um, graphics work from the 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 stuff I've been doing with Milne. so like was kind of websites that I've made and little bits of posters and yeah other graphics. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of
0: it was made up of that really. That's really cool and for the for those who didn't have that like experience before doing then, what kind of material during GCSE are you allowed to submit? Are you allowed to take any of the projects that you've done during that yes time? yeah definitely I, I you're allowed to take your uh, yeah i think you, you
1: whatever you if you've made it you can you can take it but, if, but I think there was some really but I think some people just submitted some really beautiful drawings and it's like it's um i think it, it was very much about it was more about just meeting you and like just took, like, the way you, like, see the world and and, um, rather than specifically about your work life. I think they, yeah, I think they were much more interested in in people
0: and even in people who didn't really have a graphic... Uh, not graphically but like a, a design background yeah you know, like a kinda... more creative way of doing it because yeah. the only thing i could compare to is that whenever i had to apply for anything it was never really like a face-to-face th- face-to-face thing right it was always like you yeah, obviously you got your grades and then uh, the grades kind of it's just a number on the paper and then you just yeah. it up there and then just because all the programs out there kind of is i guess I did computer science, so it was all like technical stuff. Right. There's never really any portfolio stuff. And then I had a couple of friends who were doing different kinds of programs, like they were getting into a music degree, they were getting into an arts degree, they're getting into a design degree, and them seeing you know, seeing them produce a portfolio of all the creative work that felt so much more satisfying than you just walking in with a paper and it has all your grades on it so. yeah that's true did I, you have to do like a technical test or something like that to get it? not for uni for no. uni it was always just all about the grades and uh right. if if you've survived i guess like physics and yeah. like chemistry and all that then you could probably do some computers <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure it was definitely that um but yeah it's it's just really good for seeing from your point of view and uh, that portfolio i think it's such a good influence i guess if ever you have other people just checking it out uh, that's probably the, I guess, the starting point of how you got into Goldsmith. So um, what kind of lifestyle did you have out of Goldsmith? So you would go to courses. It would be, I guess, quite intense. Did you get the chance to do uh, like, you know, more designs on your own or was it always focused on putting out a project for your course loads? It was both really. So it was, it was I was still doing the mill stuff on the
1: side and I was, yeah, and, and also kind of doing the projects. I think like I was... I don't know, I think maybe I was, like, working a bit too hard, maybe didn't enjoy the, like, first day of uni as much as I could have done. Um, it's a gift and a curse of working too hard. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I don't know, I really think, like, maybe that first year I perhaps should have spent just, um, you know, just kind of, like, enjoying the uni life a little bit more than just kind of, be, you know, cracking on. But, but you know, that's that's one of those things, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. And you're kind of doing this, like, real mix of work from... Like the you know in in some ways quite dry briefs with Milne, like you know can you make a website for a water treatment company sure yeah. <laughs> like um, but then the you know the really creative stuff that we were doing with uh, Goldsmiths that's uh, that's pretty time.
0: cool because um so by this point when you got into this course it was always the assumption that uh, it was all going to be web based or was there still like a distinction between uh, doing web stuff doing graphics stuff uh, sorry doing printing stuff or
1: I so I remember like a conversation with my tutor where they went. I know you can make a website. Like, so they were like, "Stop do, don't do that anymore. Do like, do something that's like just weird and you know, like enjoy this time. Don't just focus on like, I'm just you know, res- respond to a brief with a website or whatever." I yeah. don't, so, so I think it was um, you were encouraged to get out of your little disciplinary box, I guess.
0: Okay, good, because I mean that's a lot more realistic to nowadays. Because you're, yeah. be <laughs> you're never going to be comfortable. You're never going to be comfortable with whatever you're doing and uh, yeah, just all the projects. I just want to mention real quickly during during that time when you were given a brief, what, what, what was the thought process? What was like? Do you just crank a couple designs out and see which one you like best, or did you always have like a phase of research before then? Or
1: always, yeah. So it would always start with re- some kind of research. So like maybe a good example of a product was we did something about the cutty sock, which we've just walk, walked um walked past. So the brief was called "The Environment Keeps Happening to Me." So we each like and we were in little groups of maybe uh, six or seven and each group had um, like and each group was given a place in London where they had to um, in some way um, sort of respond to the area. Yeah. And, and put on something. So the thing that we did was we, we sort of started through that we um, in the kind of research phase so the, I guess the kind of first thing we did um, was we found out that there's a different history to the Cutty Sark, which is it's this kind of um it's as this sort of empirical like we're with this f- a fantastic naval nation like yeah. <laughs> hey, look how great we are sort of thing. But actually it wasn't a very good ship. It kept like breaking and um and the and it it's kind of had this um like calamitous life all the way through all the way through its life. And so um, we put on this alternative cutty art museum, which was like in the car park below it, and <laughs> okay. we had things like uh, You know, it it won the Carbuncle Award, so like that's like the award for like the um the worst bit of architecture in the yeah, yeah, yeah. in the country, and it, it won that. And so we made a giant one of those trophies, and. Uh, it was, it was really good fun. I and mean, like we had little, uh, you know, the people from the Kutysart came down and <laughs> they weren't too yeah, happy. Like, yeah.
0: yeah, they weren't too happy. But yeah. I mean, like, it's just more attention to what's going on. Because I do like when you're mentioning like the, you know, the world's worst blah. There's definitely a contest every year. Like the world, uh, there's like a hack hackathon. Okay. For like the worst, like design or like UI, UX kind of thing. And, right. Like, okay. Uh, if I get the chance, I'll send you the list. But it's a list of websites that are like the least efficient possible. Right. So imagine a date picker. Uh, okay so they'd be one of them would be like just random random generated numbers that would flip every I love second that. that's great and like you just gotta get it <laughs> on the right time to get the right date to submit it so that's brilliant yeah I, I do like that it really just you know gets you to be creative and it has to be doing that for the people who don't know the Cutty Sark it's a yes. landmark <laughs> in London I bet you didn't yeah. think you'd be saying that yeah it's a landmark in London it's a boat it's a, it's basically a giant boat that yeah um, was it ever used yeah it was, okay, like, so it was like, like I didn't a, know this yeah. I mean, it was actually yeah, yeah it was
1: like a tea clipper so it brings back tea from India I think
0: okay yeah. wow so definitely a little bit of history and then like obviously you you get to learn much more and much more about that and then so was that like a year like or degree ending project or was that just no, one of the That projects was like
1: Yeah, that was like a um like a two week brief or something.
0: Oh, was it? Did, yeah. Did you have like a big project like for like your final project? What what did that one look like?
1: So that was um the thing I was really interested in was like politics and parliament and um the different ways that we can uh, sort of bridge that gap. So I spent like maybe half a year kind of like going going into parliament um because you know you can just like you can just go in and like watch your debate or whatever yeah i've and heard about this it's great um so yeah so i just kind of like went in and just hung about really and i got had ended up having some really cool experiences where i sort of met like really kind of top politicians and um you know just by sort of hanging around with people and seeing if i can be helpful or whatever yeah um
0: so, yeah, even, even during uni at that time, one thing that really worked out for you is that you've always been reaching, always been outreaching and really just getting exposed to, you know, when you're saying getting into the parliament. Nobody really does that. But then like when you do do it, you end up meeting what all the MPs and that. So how did this all tie up to the uh, final project that you were completing? So, yeah, so we, we were I was
1: having a lot of conversations with MPs and they were saying that they um, were getting lots of these surveys in from like things like 38 degrees where people have just kind of pressed a button to say that they agree or disagree with something. And um, at the same time, like the other thing that was happening was like we all carry around with us like these devices that are um, constantly monitoring our behavior. So what I wanted to do was to see if we I could if we could in some ways like uh, weaponize that, that data that we've got that we're uh, creating all the time to help make a case for some political change. So yeah. for example, if you really want a biplane somewhere if you can show that you cycle to work every day that's a much better place to make a case rather than just i would like a bike lane yeah exactly and so yeah so it was kind of looking at the ways that you can
0: leverage that data for um, political activism that's that's pretty cool so um so in terms of there's i guess that kind of like the research bit to it and really convincing the case on that what did you end up presenting at the end from all these findings and- so it's a yeah series of those
1: tools so like the bike one was one the other one was like if you if you want your local post office to stay open, then show that you use it. <laughs> okay. it yeah. So like, so if you know, and it was just a you know a simple GPS thing that just kind of like um, said whether or not someone
0: like was using it or was in it. You know what's interesting with all this is that like I do find a parallel between like this design stuff and then also like just project managing or even just product managing and finding like the reasoning of doing something at the end. Um. So. Was it was it a team that uh, you were in doing this project? Was it just every individual had to find their own? That was yeah. That
1: was just me that one. So that, yeah, in, in the final year, you, you get a year to work on something that you're interested in,
0: and that was on, on your own. And that was what I what I chose. Okay, that's interesting. Um, just because like I feel like a lot of times sometimes on your uh, I guess in uni a lot of times don't know what direction they want to go. Right. Um, yeah. Especially how if you go onto a course that's quite general, you'll be like, you you need that determination of getting out there and knowing exactly what you do because I mean even in computer science by the time you end up like finishing your degree and everything there's so many fields in computer science you could be a re you know you could work in researching in uh, you know machine learning being a data scientist or you could end up just building web apps or somebody yeah. just working on database so um it is good that you actually found something that you were able to you know love and understand and just like having something made out of it at the end so so that ended up um that ended up being quite a journey so far because I mean like <laughs> you did a GCSE already project and then you just finished uh your Goldsmith in our in our timeline coming on so um how did the transition go from I guess graduating from a uni degree and then just I guess going back into the real world <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: I um at Goldsmiths um Sam and Ben who uh, run Pan Studio they came in and did a uh, like a, a workshop with us and I thought they were they were great and I think I went up to them and said something um a bit uh, like a bit oh, wait, What was I'll I mean you just, like you know the kind of you introduce yourself kind of thing I introduced you... myself yeah and uh, <laughs> and they didn't um notice or remember me but uh, <laughs> but then, <laughs> I mean, but, then but then um yeah but then later on um we were as part of the course we we had to do an internship and so I, I went and interned with them, like, and um, mainly to make them, like, to make their website uh, was like what what I went to do initially, and then I, um, and, and then after the goldsmiths, they they asked me to come
0: back and and work there full time. That, that's amazing. So the people doubting on going to the workshops and all the career fairs that are available at university well, definitely. You... Give that give that a chance i guess well it, it wasn't really a career fair it was more just they just came in
1: and just ran, ran a workshop so we get like outside studios would come in and do the odd odd little bit which is a, it's
0: a fantastic by the course yeah that's what i say because i'm pretty sure that do you ever get the chance today to do something similar or did you have ever the thought of doing something you know what to go to go in or? that you you would be the one going into like right yeah and do yeah you. maybe i think it's like um
1: it's it's I guess with those things sometimes it's difficult to justify the time because it takes a long to to really prepare a a workshop that's going to be you know good fun and and um captivating, captivating. And getting... it's really quite a you know a big job and so it, it can it
0: could be a bit of a distraction you know yeah it's, it's or whatever and also getting the attention of I guess like just people in uni, which are what nineteen, twenty, twenty years old. It's not always the easiest thing. Just because yeah. nowadays all the technology behind you, you got phones, laptops, everything, all the distractions. So I do understand it's quite something to prepare. Um, you did mention Pan Studio though. What what is Pan Studio, and what what, what attracted to you to that? So Pan Studio is a um,
1: interaction design studio um, based in the bottom of Somerset House and. They make work which sits, I guess, between art, technology, and interaction design. Um, so they they um, do yeah, they do a lot of interesting projects. But the project that um, I work on now is called Run an Empire, and that's um, and that that came out of a um, Ben and Sam were in the pub and they were kind of working out <laughs> of what course, would, <laughs> of course yeah. um, they were working out what would get their mouth like moving and active. And um I think for, like through that they sort of came upon this gamifying um running and having this turning the kind of streets into a game board almost. And um yeah, and, and so that, that developed into its own company and now that's what we work on full time.
0: That's that's really sick. For the people who haven't checked it out yet, Run an Empire, it's available on iOS and Android if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um just because the you know you do feel the satisfaction at the end of being uh, able to capture all these areas and uh, definitely go check it out. Um, the one thing that I'm quite interested in is, so you did an internship there before actually working there full time. What, what was the contrast? What, what, what was your day to day like during the internship compared to working there full time? I suppose it was, it's pretty similar. I think the difference was that I was,
1: when I went there to do the, the internship, I, I sort of had a project, which was the website. So it was like, that's yeah. the only thing I was working on. Um, whereas obviously when I went and joined, them, I would just get involved with whatever brief we had in at the time. Um, but yeah, but so I guess it was just kind of focused on that. Also, it was they were, had different offices, so it, was, it looked okay, different.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there, there wasn't much differences really. Oh, that's cool then. So you yeah, so you definitely feel a, at least a little level of reassurance when you get into these. Um, you know, coming back to a project that uh, you worked on a couple, I guess, a couple of months before um in terms of the internship though um other than speaking to them when they came in and everything was there any other kind of process or screening or any kind of thing happening between then
1: well so i, th- I think um like some other, yeah basically they they just kind of go i went in for an interview i think i maybe sent them some of my work before and then um yeah just kind of talk through your portfolio a little bit and like uh, you know um talk about why you made some decisions and i
0: think yeah i think from there they were they were like Wait, uh, that's so cool <laughs> Um. so how much of the so when you were doing the internship I guess how much of the actual like decision I want a button here or I want like this graphic there did you have to make or was there always like some indication or like a brief I guess that told you where buttons go or I think like by then I was,
1: I was like kind of knew how to make a website as in like the process so the the really key thing was just to kind of get some quick and dirty um, wireframes done and so you kind of as quickly as possible you're starting to make some decisions about where things are going to go um and then from that you'd start making more high fidelity mock-ups so um yeah like uh, kind of like which essentially would just look exactly like the website will look right and then um pretty quick after that started moving into code okay um,
0: yeah and that's um yeah that's that that yeah just the whole range <laughs> really covering the whole range by the time uh you get to do all of that um so i'm personally quite familiar with like how an engineering team works so you got a couple engineers you got product manager and a lot of times they do mention that uh the luxury is having a in-house designer the luxury right. is having a with an engineering team, having a designer to do right. it nice. how did that look like when uh, i guess when you worked there full-time what kind of uh i guess the team looked like from your perspective so it it changed really so when when i first started we
1: were panda studio and now and so we had we were all designers so like everyone in the team was a designer so i think we had four or five designers um and then when we made the change to become a game and and we bring developers in like you say like developers might come in for you know contractors Mm -hmm. might come in for like a couple of days or whatever um but then we made a change to become the like the games company running empire and so then we had a server side developer, a, a client like a client side Unity developer. Um, then Sam, who does who's a co-founder, but also does our game design, and um, me, who sits on sort of UI UX. And then yeah. we've got Laura, who does our illustration. Um, yeah, so that's that's the kind of how the team works. Right?
0: Okay, so that's that's a that's a good combination because whenever you need to bounce ideas off of people, you always got that kind of you know bouncing back as well. So you would pitch something and then we would go work together. Um, definitely, let's get into the UI/UX bit because that's obviously important. Uh, UI, user interface, UX, user, user experience, uh, translating the feeling of putting all these, I guess boxes and CSS like exact <laughs> pixels together and translating it into a human feeling. That's a big, big task. It's always it's it's hard. I like I I try to do it. I, I make websites, but I never actually get to do it. What 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 is indicators that tells you that uh the feeling of a I guess design works with the UI but also you the UX I guess? What what makes you say that a user is gonna have a great experience looking at this thing? I suppose um the most I think the most important
1: thing is just to like get it in front of people like as as quickly as possible so I think otherwise you're just kind of working on your own intuition which is fine up to an extent, but you're always gonna like come a cropper and the, and the things that um i think like and yeah I, I think, like for me, it's just about like let's just get it out there. Let's see, like see what see how people respond to it, and then let's iterate on it as quick like as quickly as possible. I think that's um, that's always been my process, rather than kind of sitting here and sort of thinking, right. I'm just gonna really craft this like yeah. um, perfect interaction first time, because that's it's really it's much more rewarding to um, like craft something and, and spend a bit of time just finessing it at the end once you've validated it so that, that people are going to use it. So I think that, that for me has always been the process rather than
0: um, yeah, sort of sitting and thinking, yes, this is, this is brilliant. Yeah. It does make sense, yeah, because I mean like I think what's, uh, what's slightly different nowadays is that instead of uh, the different models of building something, so in software engineering, we, if you compare it back then, it's like if you're going to uh, build a building, for example, you need a lot of blueprinting. You need to spend years and years to make sure that all the foundation works and everything uh, it's gonna be safe and then it's kind of like a one-shot thing you only got one shot to build it And then if it if it breaks on the build, then that's a terrible thing So that's why I spend so much time but in like 2019 all the stuff that we build like the iteration Happened so quickly just because we have so many different tools and levels to do it that We don't have to blueprint every single thing by the time we open the building you could you know build something and then just iterate on that so um, we personally use a lot of mock mockups, I guess, mocks sure. as um, as they're given, and then you're trying to implement it as an engineer to make sure that all the stuff works together. Um, what's the, I guess, what's the, what's the best way of putting mocks out there? What's the best way <laughs> of having a quick idea? you got something in your brain and you want to put it out there. What's the way to go about that? Well, I guess, so for me, I use a really, it's a really ugly primitive tool to start with called
1: um, Flow.io, and it's, a, I think Google own it, but it's basically just the sort of, um, basically, we're drawing flow diagrams, Yeah, and so I find that really useful to just get get some feedback on the wireframes as soon as possible. So that's fantastic, because that kind of start, kicks things off, and that's like, de- developers can come back on that and say, hey, that's I think it would be better if it was this way, and and likewise, game design can say, hey, that doesn't quite feel right yet. That- or they m- might say, that's fantastic, Tom, you've really nailed it that <laughs> um, but the but yeah so that so try to do that as quickly as possible and then and then I get into um, Adobe Experience Design is the one that I used to do um, more high fidelity mockups so that's a, that's a fantastic tool where you can put um, sort of transitions in and animations and and really play with it on your phone before you know developers um, actually you know, write a to. line of code but I guess with all those things and I think um, I know people have good experiences with Figma or, and I've used Sketch in the past quite a lot. But I, th- I think the the holy grail for those is that it would if it could turn out production code, because I don't know how how you find it, but that um, that handover where a developer's got to redo something that I've just done in yeah. in XD or whatever, it feels really um, Repet- wasteful. Yeah, yeah, wasteful,
0: repetitive. That you know.
1: Yeah, and also like you haven't spent um, all that time in computer science like degrees to like just make my mock-ups like it's um you know i think I, I the developers i know i don't think they enjoy that part of the process like that kind of
0: um just you know sort of trying to copy something from a from a um yeah from from your screen that's the thing that's that's very true i've definitely met people who um it's not that like they don't like it or they don't care about it. it's that like they, they definitely have a more bigger passion for something else yeah they, they, they enjoy it but they're just like if you're given a brief and you're able to like implement it just like the brief, it's a lot easier for them for their life than just like giving some instructions that like this page should contain blah, blah, blah. And then you just end up being like, what, what am exactly. I doing with it? So. And I
1: think you can spend more time on the handover than like, than just, you know, doing it or whatever. So I think where possible I try and get, you know, into the, into Unity or, uh, the, I've been playing with, um, you know, S- Swift UI. Yeah, that's, Swift, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that's, that feels like a really interesting tool where, for the first time, you can do kind of real time um, like edits when without having to kind of restart Xcode or whatever, and it, that feels really powerful. I think I think that's quite an exciting way of going because then then you you, you start to understand your designs within the sort of context of the, the phone straight away and like what's really easy to do in that and what's hard to do. Whereas sometimes if you are just sitting in XD, that's got a different set of
0: um, rules and principles that doesn't quite translate onto the phones and things. But well, that's the thing. And also, when we were talking about, uh, you know, just re-rendering really quickly and seeing the changes happen. Yes. It never used to be like that back then. No. <laughs> no. Like, even in web dev back then, you had to, like, stop your app, like, save it, and then rerun it just so you could do it. So all these tools, all these developers that are making tools for other developers and designers to work out there, like, they're doing great work in terms of understanding the actual realistic case of, if I change this thing, I want to see it right away and see how it looks like. And it's good that you even get to see it, Happen with your inputs. You have different inputs. You kind of put stuff together. Um, you mentioned the word wireframe. For the people that don't exactly know what's a wireframe, uh, and also like how much detail is in a in a wireframe, could you give us a bit of like, I guess, context of sure. what that is? So, a wireframe is like a
1: skeleton of a of a product. Or often, a, I guess, in my experience, it's been an app or website, but. Um, really, what you're trying to do there? So it's just a kind of it looks like um, sort of lots of outlined grey boxes or black boxes. Mm-hmm. So you have a bit of text in there. Excuse me. And um, what you're really just trying to do there is just get a bit of feedback on something before you know as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so it's it's designed to look ugly. And so like sometimes um, you have to prepare like clients for that. So you got to say like, <laughs> this isn't this isn't what it's going to look like in the end. You could like, but. Um, but it's a really important step, and also I think it's useful because instead of like thinking about the typography or the color, you're just thinking about the layout decisions and the, I guess, the kind of architecture of the yeah. app.
0: I was gonna say that probably at that stage, the positioning of elements are definitely much more important than the actual content of it. Yeah. And I'm guessing for the text, sometimes you would just do like a little round zoom in there.
1: Some just well, the, I don't, I, I, I don't actually. I, I try and get the text nailed in there because I think that's okay. um, that can be a real. Um, so I, I, the thing I find really useful, and it's, it's they look rubbish, but um, is there, is like I use emojis and uh, right. <laughs> and text, and it, but, but like through that you can kind of get pretty quickly a, like, you know, a real feel for how it's, how it's going to feel
0: and what's going to be the friction points there and what's going to work really well okay Um, that's really cool because uh in my head when i was talking about like the the level of details you needed for that wireframe is that you actually do need the content and you actually like if they're images you actually do need the images by that point kind of i spent like
1: i guess it not so much images but i think like icons and 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 things like that because that that sort of helps um you know people understand the
0: decisions you've taken that's so cool and um another thing that i've definitely Twelve and a bit is color palettes like color in general color in web color in app so how yeah where does this come from Where's when we when people talk about a color palette a color palette could be six colors or it could be 24 or you know like 48 colors at the end how 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 do you start with this like if you have to make a design do you do the color first and then designs or do you do like design first and then you add the colors after so
1: so for, for me at the me moment because um like because i'm mostly working on an empire like we picked the colors maybe a year ago now right so right it's yeah. like so we just kind of we're just using those now but um for like a for a new product or whatever like i think you i think color's are really important because well it's really important for tons of reasons but one of them is it, it gives the person a feeling an instant feeling about a product or um like almost straight away and so the um so usually you're just thinking about what's the what's the things that i want people to think when they see this yeah
0: and then obviously sometimes they'll just be seeing like oh red is like you know anger or like red is a lot of activity sure. kind of thing, and then like just more mellow stuff you'll have like you know yellow or like green is more mellow at that point so yeah that's really sick because um, one of the cool tools out there that is available for anybody just working on a project are just these color palette generators right just because there's a crowd for them just because they know that not everybody is able to put colors together and uh, when you're saying like having a feeling to it. You know when you have brands out there like Deliveroo that like blue green that everybody recognizes and then you have other brands out there that is uh even without having the word Deliveroo on it you just know that color is going yeah. on there. That's definitely part of the design's part of the impact of doing that. Um and something that we've mentioned before is that print and uh digital color wise. I don't know if you know why they have like two different systems going on. So <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, for the people, yeah, for the people that are like kind of not understanding what I'm talking about, is that like if you, um, for example, if you choose a color building a website, you have a hex code, and okay. then it's a hex code, or there's a different format of using it, but hex code is one of the more I guess standard one, um, and you just put the hex code in, it kind of looks like color, it's fine, but when you take that same hex code and you print it, it doesn't show the same on a piece of paper than on your computer. So, there's another system, I guess, for all the print. Are you able to like, just like me personally? Because I have no sure. idea how I need mean, this one. Yeah, so
1: there's, there's um, two really. So, there's uh, um, RGB, which is like screen color. So, that's like, like your hex codes. And um, that's always going to look brighter because this is like it's backlit. Yeah, and so um, whereas. Printers work slightly differently. That's CMYK, so that's cyan, magenta, yellow, and then K stands for black. For some reason, I don't know why, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, and and that's they're just the cartridges in the printer. So that so you're saying to the printer, this is I want you to use like this much black, this much uh, magenta, this much cyan, and that's how it builds the color for you. So it's it's just about um,
0: the output really. It's, okay. I like how there's so much thought behind uh, just the user viewing it, because the user viewing it from a light source, which is a screen, and a viewer looking at a piece of paper is gonna be definitely different. And then um, it is, I guess, from a technical point of view, when you just actually specify how much blue, how much yellow, and how much magenta, well, cyan, and how much black in there, that kind of makes sense to me, because it's just like a one-to-one mapping, and it kind of yeah, exactly, yeah, kind of flows really, really well. Um, another thing that um. I don't know if you decided to do this, but you were talking about web uh, web designs, but also mobile designs. Mm-hmm. And they're two, I guess, I, I'm ready to say that they're two very different experience for the user because one of them, most of them on mobile, you're using, your, I guess, your thumb. And then the other one is using you know clicking and you have much more real estate of the screen for a web app. So um, have you always had experience in uh, designing for mobile and designing for web or was it more just general than when the actual job required it, you ended up adapting to designing for mobile devices, I guess. Well, I
1: guess guess it was um, whenever the iPhone became really popular, I guess it came out in 2008, but most people had it in, I guess, 2010, 2011 onwards, right? Um, So, yeah, so it it just meant, like, that, you know, people are going to want to be able to look at your website on the bus. I think that's, like, I I, I think, you know, responsive web design gets, um, you know, I think often we try and put these terms on things that make it sound a little bit more complicated than it is but really it's just that like and yeah and you're you're thinking about things like where people's thumb positions are so like there's there's places in the screen and like you can get these graphs up where it's like this is really a really hard place to touch like don't put anything that someone's user is going to be using lots of time there um and this is like a
0: really easy place to touch and as the the screens get bigger as well just because the phones are massive nowadays You have to think about uh thumb position then this is more user experience than anything so um do you happen to like quite often do two designs for the same page then just because you have like different screen sizes and
1: yeah so usually I do a so for a website I do a um like a desktop version and a like mobile version okay for the same site and so you can and like you can get really granularly within that like but you can do a sort of tablet yeah. version, but usually I find that um that kind of gives you two points where you need to get to, and then the other stuff you can sort it out so that it graphically looks, you know, pretty
0: good. Yeah, that may, that makes sense because um, I mean, the challenges I have as a as somebody who just implements a website, I do some designs, but they're nowhere near uh, professional grade. Um, the hardest thing for us is the positioning of all the elements. So. Depending on, I guess, if we're doing HTML, the vanilla stuff are not powerful enough. We always use, like, a framework on top of it. Okay. Have, um, have you gotten a chance to talk to anybody about that in terms of, like, how come that when you change the size of a window, if you have three columns, it becomes, like, a single column most of the time? Is that some problems that you have to personally tackle, or is it... A separate concern for another part of this no street. you d- I think you definitely have to tackle
1: that I think it's all about um you know anyone can make well not anyone but like it's very easy to make one size look great but yeah th- you know I think you you really have to make sure that you're doing that the whole thing and and that's one of those things is like that's that's a really easy one right it's like the three column to one column that's, yeah. that's an absolute classic like um it's just a really easy
0: way of showing um, lots, of, lots of information on the phone that's the thing and the other one that's quite classic that's always been a pain to deal with is that you know when you have a menu on a website uh, but then when you go into mobile you either put like a hamburger menu yeah. or you have to find another way to get a menu on that yeah
1: I think the hamburger gets a,
0: a bad rap um, but it is a,
1: like, it's a um, I think you have to label it I think that's the secret Otherwise, yeah okay. people are just like what is that
0: <laughs> yeah i mean the the three line is getting universal yeah. the three line having you yes, getting
1: you'd be surprised i've like i've sat in um you know users um uh, research sessions and and users just been like what what is does that? Oh, right? that even yeah. supposed to mean oh yeah, exactly God. so I th- like i you know i really think you gotta gotta be really uh, clear and label
0: it okay that's uh that's something that uh i had a bad i guess assumption is that my bad assumption is that like everybody <laughs> knows that is from menu. but apparently yeah but not... like we do because we were re- like we're really good at using technology but, yeah, to be but fair, for like, most people don't they get on with their lives Yeah, you, of things to do you gotta depend on product as well so some product are slightly different so um, another thing that I do notice sometimes happening is that like there are some designs that um, well some websites that keep track on where you click and the user flow and if they bounce off the page for example so if they're on there for a couple of seconds and they leave the page it's not always a good thing Yeah. and there's all these like Google Analytics and all these stuff to track on uh, where they click where they lead to and all that kind of stuff do you have you in the past i guess couple of years with all the different projects like put a lot of attention to that have you put a lot of attention on trying to keep the user going and making sure that uh the buttons make sense so if you put a button there and nobody clicks it what's the point yeah we're, we're absolutely obsessed by that that's our, like
1: um all of the decisions that we're making about uh running empire are like data led so they're um they're going us going like People are getting to this part of the, so we call it like a funnel. So like yeah, the, yeah, because people right at the start, that's like 100% of your users, and then you get down to like another number, and um, and at, like at every step you'll lose a few users, just cause, like that's just yeah. That's, words, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's just about making more people get to the next step, and if you can flatten out that funnel, then your product's in a, a pretty pretty good position. Well, that's the thing. Um, and then. So you, Sorry. So yeah. So so as you say, so that's something that we yeah we're looking at all the time. Like that's my every day. We'll be going right. What what are users doing at this page? What are they confused about? And then often what you can do is then that's a nice moment to bring in kind of like um, you know users in and get them to actually like you can, you know see see in the room where you know, and you're like ah oh, yes that's it because they're you know they're thinking that's a button and they're pressing that. <laughs> it's like
0: jokes on you <laughs> like, well yeah but it's like, on us <laughs> right so
1: it's like yeah. So, yeah, it's like, oh yes of course obviously and um, yeah I think that kind of combination of like uh, user research and the data is like
0: yeah I mean and this is This would have been very, very difficult, like given given ten years ago, for example, of no way of tracking any of this. So you'd have an app out there, people would be interacting with it, but you have no idea what your users are doing. Well,
1: yeah, I I mean, I've I've always I don't think I've ever been worked on a product where um, where we haven't like had a sense of the
0: data. I think like yeah. Sorry, what I meant was that like nowadays it's all digital. Back then is like somehow you oh, have like right. yeah. stacks of reports and like all that kind of stuff. Now they somehow manage it to make it a lot more seamless and sure. easier for all of it. Yeah. Um. Another concept that uh, is I guess really melds into the two of like design, tech, and all uh, all this lovely stuff is that uh, there's a concept called A/B testing. Yes. Which is putting out multiple copies of something and seeing which one sticks the best, I guess, yeah. and then uh, going along with it. So. Do you have some kind of process related to that? Yeah, we've got um, we've got loads of AB tests in the, in the
1: game, and to the point where at one point we were AB in a whole different economy to like a you know a, a totally different game. Yeah, and it's just it's fantastic because you can see really clearly in in you know in the data what um, yeah what what's like which one's winning and um, and I think it's in my experience that the bigger tests have been more interesting. Yeah. So like. If you're kind of like doing a button color or something like that, then that will kind of maybe <laughs> tell you something or it might be a bit ambiguous. And But if you kind of do really big, chunky changes, then that's, um, yeah, that's, 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 we, yeah. we use those all the time. And it's also interesting how much like um, huge companies use it. Like I, I got into an A B test of um, Instagram, which just had a total different, like you didn't even scroll up and down anymore. You just sort of scrolled left to right. Okay. So, they, you
0: know, I think it's, um, something used to be across um loads of products yeah that's and also like when we we're talking about like just the business impact of something like that usually will have a direct business impact just because the user flow the retention uh and then just the number of users to begin with that's always influenced by these user experience which obviously for the people who are looking at it it's a design most of the time so yeah. that's really cool and i guess if you're on the fence of something if you have uh, an ap test and running and it's kind of like a 50 50 do you always Uh, have a decision where it's like oh well I mean if it's 50-50 it's not worth putting in the extra work to do it or do you have like another protocol to decide um I think it's it's a case
1: by case basis I like I don't think we've got a sort of set way of doing it I think if it is 50-50 I guess um like usually there's some like there's some reason why we've we've done an AB test like it might be a, a kind of hunch that uh you know people aren't getting to a certain point in the game or whatever. And yeah. so if we think that that's, that has solved that particular problem and the data is about the same, then, uh, you know, in terms of retention or monetization or whatever, um, then, you know, we will, we'll probably follow, follow through with that. But uh,
0: yeah, I don't think there's like a set, you know, it's a case. Okay, case, cool. Right. <laughs> a lot of times for us, is like, if there's less work to do, then we're just going to leave right, it. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm getting yeah. Like, yeah, Yeah. yeah I'm obviously right, just, Yeah. yeah. I, but I guess also
1: it's like, if it's 50, 50, then it's like, oh, damn it. Maybe it's not. Maybe we've hit the wrong test. Yeah, like,
0: you're, like, it's not that inputful. Saying, that's probably more disappointing than finding out that like you don't have to do extra work. That's probably like yeah. how I'd see it. Um, and actually, you did mention this: uh, how one some some of the softwares allow you to do animations. Yes. And because one of the biggest, I guess, like challenge is that you have a design, but you don't know after pressing a button if the button disappears, if the button like changes color, kind of thing. So how how do you tackle that? How do you tackle the fact that there are animations? They're all across. The mobile and web world,
1: yeah. So, so for because it's a game, we're an empire game. Um, there's lots of animations in it, so we we, we really want it to feel fun, and um, I think that's one of the ways you do it is by bringing those bits of like, animation in. Um, so, yeah. So it's I use XD to like it's got a brilliant auto animate feature, which allows you to um, tween between screens, and you can sort of set how quick that happens, and you know if it happens with a little bounce or whatever, and that um, and that can be. That's a, it's fantastic actually, it's, it's really um, open it, let, it lets you, do, you know, it gives you lots of options basically, um, so yeah that, that works for us, but then again, coming back to this point about um, kind of developers having to double up on it on the work, yeah. like it is frustrating to for um, our developers to then go into Unity and try and recreate it so I think as much as possible I try and just dive into Unity and, and um, make, you know, make it
0: okay do yeah do what i want and feel exactly how i want it that's probably that's probably yeah from my point of view is that like you do you end up giving them a file like how do you how do you do you usually tell so them this does this because obviously you have all these yeah like, so it's like a link basically so it's like a link of a prototype and that'll have
1: you know anything up to 30 screens in it you know <laughs> yeah um, and just getting hit
0: in the face with that like all right I got loads yeah. of work to do that <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah and it a, and a kind of handover as well as those days like you know, these are some of the game design stuff that's happening underneath and, you know, it's when, like, when it will come up and things like that.
0: That's really cool because I know in the web dev world it's such, um, it's so ever-evolving all the time. Uh, Even just the frameworks or the tools that we use to make an animation from a square turning into a bigger square, like, that gets revamped so often. Every five years or something there's going to be a new... Tool the new it like you know the new kid in town that's like yeah. everybody uses it and all the animation goes through that so i do get the the hard bit of translating the designs and even having an animation in your design and getting somebody else to reimplement it it's always always a problem if somebody solves it they're going to be a billionaire at that point <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> they will i think
1: we're getting close i think the like figma you know i don't know i think they're all kind of getting
0: the circling in on it, yeah, that's exciting. Um, I guess we're just gonna wrap it up. I guess. Uh, I think the most important bit is for the people that are, you know, back at a couple of steps that you went through in GCSE, uni, kind of thing, and really want to get into the design world. What well, What's the best advice you got for them? <laughs> um, I think that the thing that
1: always served me in good stead was like having a skill. So, like, if you if you're going somewhere like, like, no design studio is gonna hire like a Twenty-year-old creative director, like really, they they want you in to sort of do a job, and and usually it's a specific like making a website or whatever. And so I think just having a skill that you've really kind of honed in on, whether it's drawing or taking beautiful pictures or making beautiful graphics, like just um
0: like have have something like that obviously. That's great. I I listen to that as saying you should have a passion. That's basically what it is. You should have a passion, and you should have something that you really want to go out. And go get at the end at the end of the day. So I mean, Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been great.